Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you may be in the world. Welcome to another level of consciousness. This is a podcast intended to, you know, promote being the best authentic version of yourself, but also allowing people to have an area free of thought without fear of any backlash of any judgment. But furthermore, we appreciate above all things facts but we are welcome and open i am welcome and open here to opinions for those who don't know me i my name is maverick mclaurin um you might know me from youtube as maverick the enigma you might know me from instagram um what i am is a independent minded person which is why my name is maverick you know what i'm saying and i am an enigma meaning that you won't find you know anybody with the same mindset as me because you know Sure, there may be maybe may be people similar to me, but you won't find another me. And I'm pretty sure when you come on this podcast, you'll show everybody else you won't they won't find another you. So what I talk about mainly is, you know, society, culture, you know what I'm saying, personal habits, things of that nature. This this podcast is help is to help you, you know, raise your level of consciousness rather than what's at base level. You know what I'm saying? It also promotes implicit and explicit problem solving things of that nature so if you want to join me on this road of self-improvement go ahead and keep going man go ahead and uh you know what i'm saying say this link bookmark it or you can come create your own anchor fm account and just add me as a friend you know what i'm saying you can follow me on instagram you can subscribe to me on youtube where i do my motivational monday videos this podcast is designed <laughs> express wisdom facts above all things but opinions are welcome i repeat facts and wisdom but opinions are welcome so with that said welcome viewers around the world to another level of consciousness disclaimer i am not a red pill i am white pill Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the revival of the Another Level of Consciousness podcast. I'm your host, Brother Maverick McLaurin. You can call me Mav, Brother Mav, Mav Mac, the Enigma, whatever suits you, whatever floats your boat. I'll answer to either or. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just here to say I'm blessed uh, by the most high to be back here speaking to you all, bringing, you know, a different insight on certain things. But today's episode is going to be a little special. Today's revival episode, the first revival episode is going to be a little special. Um, today is an episode, the first episode of a series called Save Yourself, Black Man. And this is more than what the Internet claims it is. You know what I'm saying? Save Yourself, Black Man, to me, has always meant, you know what I'm saying, in every way possible, save yourself, Black Man. And this includes spiritually as well. And one of the ways I believe the black man can save himself is if he knows who he truly is, if he knows where he truly comes from. Instead of listening to damnable hearsays, you know what I'm saying? Instead of listening to, you know, the schools that taught him that he was an African when he clearly isn't. Instead of listening to 
you know what I'm saying? Everyone else around him claiming that he's African when he truly isn't. And I'm going to get into some scriptorial proof about this. So if you got a King James Version Bible or you got a Bible next to you, I um, I suggest you uh, open it up and follow it along with me because um, I'm going to read some things out of it that will show you a uh, proof of who the so-called Afro-American, the so-called Negro, who he truly is and where he truly comes from. You know, if uh, if if there's any uh, ladies listening to this, I suggest you throw on a head covering. Um, if there's any fellas listening to this, don't don't put on no head covering. Um, furthermore, um, I'm going to be very, very straightforward um, in delivering this message. And if you're not feeling uh, scriptorial proof, I'll tie in some history to it. But if you're not feeling this uh, scriptorial truth, this episode is not for you. If you don't um, believe in the most high, this episode is not for you. Don't waste your time. Don't waste my time. But more importantly, don't waste God's time. Okay. Hmm. So without further ado, I'm going to read. Uh, I'm going to get ahead and uh, read uh, Genesis chapter 10. I'm going to start with verses one through 11. Now, these are the generations of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and unto them were born sons after the flood. The sons of Japheth were Gomer, Magog, and Madai, and Javan, and Tubar, and Meshech, and Tiraz. And the sons of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Riphath, and Togomar. Then the sons of Javan, Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. By these were the isles of the Gentiles, divided in their lands everyone after his tongue and after their families and after their nations now the gentiles are known as your modern day white folks your modern day european folks and how i know this is if you look up where uh tarshish is um you could read in jonah that was the place jonah was trying to get to by ship um because he was uh fleeing the opposite direction from nineveh tarshish is around modern day Spain. And Spain is a European nation, aka slash Gentile nation. And the sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Phut, and Canaan. And the sons of Cush, Seba, and Havilah, and Sabta, and Ramah, and Sabekta, and the sons of Ramah, Sheba, and Dedan. And Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth. Now, he, now Ham here, has been uh introduced to us and and kush is is an ancient name of one of the uh african nations um one of them is ethiopia and mizraim when it's translated from greek it means black and mizraim is the ancient name for egypt as we're going to read um let me go to this but let's figure out uh who ham is let's figure out what ham is real quick um let's go to the zonder van bible dictionary we'll, i'm gonna come back to genesis 11 because i'm not through there yet but according to the zonder van compact bible dictionary this is an actual book you can get ham the youngest son of noah born probably about 96 years before the flood and one of eight persons to live through the flood 
Um, if y'all read your Bibles enough, you know, even the basic Christian knows about the story about the flood. They get a common misconception about it, um, saying that every animal was taken in by two. But really, it was the unclean by two and the clean animals by sevens. But anyways, I'm going to keep going. He became the progenitor of the dark races, not the Negroes. He became the progenitor of the dark races, not the Negroes. Who are the Negroes? Who gets called Negro the most? Your so-called African-American. Your, um, your so-called black man. You know what I'm saying? We're, all, we're in all four corners of the earth. That's for sure, for sure. But who gets called the Negroes? We do. He became the progenitor of the dark races, not the Negroes. But the Egyptians, as I went over, Ethiopians, as I too went over, Libyans and Canaanites. And it says right here in Genesis 11 and 6, the sons of Ham are Cush, Mizraim, and Foot, and Canaan. Cush is Ethiopia. Mizraim is Egypt. Foot is Libyan, Canaanites, Canaan. So you have proof right there that we do not come from the African nations. Period, point blank. Period, point blank. Let's continue. We're going to go back. I'm going to go back to Genesis 11. And Cush begat Nimrod and began to be a mighty one in the earth. And he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore, it is said, even Nimrod, the mighty hunter, is before the Lord. And the beginning of, king, of his kingdom was Babel, and Erech, and Akkad, and Kalne, in the land of Shinar. So this Nimrod cat built Sumer, Akkad, built Babylon. And if you do your research on specific holidays, a majority of them do come from this dude named Nimrod. A majority of your pagan holidays, like your Christmases, your Easter's, they come from this guy. And he comes from Babylon. And he makes, he created Akkad too. Now I'm gonna go ahead and uh I'm gonna go ahead and skip down to verse 22 just so we can drive who Shem is here. Let's go to verse 22. And the children of Shem are Elam, Asher, and Arphaxad, and Lud and Aram. I'm gonna go ahead and go to chapter 11 to dive further into that genealogy. And Shem lived after he begat Arphaxad 500 years and begat sons and daughters. And Arphaxad lived five and thirty years and begat Selah. And Arphaxad lived after he begat Selah for 103 years and begat sons and daughters. So this guy kept, um, you know, being fruitful and multiplying, which was the first commandment that God gave man and woman is to be fruitful and multiply. You know what I'm saying? It didn't it didn't matter. It didn't matter how old this cat got, because around that time we didn't really have no age limit. You know what I'm saying? Anywho, let's go to skip down to verse 20. Let's go to skip down to verse. Uh, let's go to skip down to verse twenty-four. We could read this genealogy all day, but I'm trying not to hold up y'all time. You you guys can read um, verses fourteen through 20, twenty-three all on your own to get full proof of this uh, genealogy. But I'm going to skip down to the most important parts. And Nahor lived nine and twenty years and begat Terah. And Nahor lived after begat Terah a hundred and nineteen years and begat sons and daughters. And Terah lived 70 years and begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. 
And now these are the generations of Terah. Terah beget Abram, Nahor, Haran, and Haran, and Haran begat Lot. So we know who, if we understand the stories, we all know who Abram is. He eventually got his name changed to Abraham by God. Let's go ahead and go to uh, 21. Now, this is the beginning of the Semitic peoples because or Shemitic peoples. Without the H, it's still the same. Semitic, Shemitic, does not matter. We're calling these people Semitic because Israel was yet to be introduced. Let's go to Genesis chapter 21 real quick. Uh, I hope none of you are listening are lost. And I hope that you all are paying attention. If you're not, you can always write these scriptures down. Study the Machilasia. All right, chapter 21. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. So guess what? Now we're introduced to Abraham's main line here, Isaac. So we're going to see who Isaac brought forth through his loins to understand the true genealogy of the patriarchs of Israel. Let's go to Genesis 25. Genesis 25. Genesis 25, I'm going to read 19 through 26. Genesis 25, 19 through 26. These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son, and Abraham begat Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padanaram, the sister to Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. So he Isaac remained patient despite his wife's barrenness because Isaac knew from his father Abraham that, you know, the prophecy that, you know, he gave Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations had to be fulfilled. Let's continue. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire the Lord. So these two babies were inside of her fighting, you know, are pretty much getting into it inside Rebecca's room. And Rebecca wanted to know why they was fighting. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. Two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. The one people shall be stronger than the other people and the elder shall serve the younger. So whoever came out first was going to serve the one who came out second. Two nations are in your womb. Let's see which one of these nations it becomes Israel. 24. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her room. And the first came out red all over like a hairy gar garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob, and Isaac was threescore years old when she buried him. So now we have Abraham in the genealogy. We have Isaac in the genealogy. Now we have Jacob instilled 
in the genealogy. Now, which one of these two sons becomes Israel? Because remember, these are two great nations here. Which one of these nations are going to be named Israel? Through the bloodline now, through the bloodline. I'm going to go to Genesis 32 real quick. Genesis chapter 32. I'm going to read verses 24 through 28. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Now, this was no ordinary man. As we continue to read, we'll see why that this was no ordinary man that he wrestled with. Perhaps it was an angel of the Lord. And we had, and when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And, and he said, let me go before the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. So how could a regular man touch an inner lobe of, of a man, another man's thigh and it be out of joint except he be an angel of the Lord? Learn, learning something on the way to learning something here, man. This can be no regular guy wrestling with Jacob, could it? And if this was a regular guy, why is Jacob asking him for a blessing? He had to be sent from God. Let's go ahead and continue. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. So, so Jacob pretty much got Israel from this angel of the Lord, who we all know is an administering spirit unto the Lord. Whatever the Lord tells Tells the angel to do, he's going to tell, he's going to tell man to do as well, right? So he told, so you know what I'm saying? He sent Lord sent the angel to Jacob. You know what I'm saying? Jacob was wrestling with him. And Jacob was like, I'm not gonna let you go until you bless me. And then he changed his name right there, just like Jacob's grandfather, Abram, when his name got changed to Abraham. If you read uh back back in Genesis. So this sealed the covenant and this made the prophecy true. Of the promises of that that the Lord gave to Abraham. So now that we know Israel begins with Jacob, let's see about his genealogy. Let's read further, and we're gonna dive into the next point here regarding the history and the proof that the Israelites are black. We're gonna dive into some more of it um, as we go along to Exodus, because you know, um, Jacob had many children many children 12 sons and one daughter and we're going to spell them out for you and these 12 names are going to be known as the 12 tribes of israel let's go to exodus chapter 1 i'm going to read verses 1 through 13 and then i'm going to skip down to verse 22 exodus chapter 1 and i'm going to read verse verses 1 through 13 and, and skip to 22 now these are the names of the children of israel which came to egypt Every man his household was uh, come unto Jacob. These are the names of the children of Israel, which came into Egypt. Every man in his household came with Jacob. So let's 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 remind ourselves. We all know about the story of Joseph and how his own brothers hated him because his father showed favoritism unto him, which he shouldn't have done. But his own brothers, they hated him. They took him and they sold him to some Ishmaelite traders who are also sons of Abraham, if you go back in his genealogy, 
but he he's not a part of the main royal family line as Isaac and Jacob later called Israel is. So he sold them to some Israelite trailer traders. They got his brothers got paid, and those Israelite traders sold him unto an Egyptian man in Egypt, which will solidify my point. We gonna read further. Now these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man in his household came with Jacob. Now Jacob and Israel is the same guy. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulon, and Benjamin, and Dan, and Naphtali, and Gad, and Asher. And on all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls, for Joseph was in Egypt already. So Joseph is one of the tribes here, because if we count here, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, that's four, Issachar, Zebulon, and Benjamin, that's seven, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher, that's 11. You add Joseph in there, you get 12. These are the 12 tribes of Israel here. And counting all the sons and daughters that these men had, it added up to 70 souls that were in Egypt. And, and Joseph died and all his brethren and all that generation. So the, the, the patriarchs of the 12, original 12 tribes of Israel, they ended up all dying while they were in Egypt living. Because around that time, around that time, Joseph was made the viceroy of Egypt because he interpreted the dream of the Egyptian pharaoh, got released from prison. And Pharaoh told him, look, only above this throne, only above this throne, only by this throne am I above you. You can run Egypt because of how wise you are. And furthermore, if you also read into the story that originally when his brothers came into Egypt, his brothers mistook Joseph for an Egyptian. Because he spoke the Egyptian language and bore the same color. But he but we all know Joseph was an Israelite. And I'm going to show you some more proof that the Israelites are not African. African, but we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going to read further. We're going to read further. And all the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceeding mighty. And the land was filled with them. Now, there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph, meaning there was a brand new pharaoh because the pharaoh that made Joseph the viceroy of Egypt was dead. And he said unto his people, behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply and it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us and so get them up out of the land. Now let's now let's keep it fair. Let's keep it fair. You know, so-called Negroes, we rough, we gruff, we tough. And if there's many more of us in you know another another nation's land, they're gonna get fearful that we might overtake them because of how mighty and strong the Lord made us. So they had to resort to means of what I like to call population control. Come on, let us deal wisely with them. We have verse ten. We have verse nine. Behold. And he said unto his people, Behold, the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. And they just said it out of his own mouth. Verse 10. Come, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us. So get them up out of the land. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Fithom and Razis. So we... This was our first encounter with slavery. This is our first encounter with slavery because we messed around in another nation's land for quite too long and we ended up getting comfortable. So 
Pharaoh, this new Pharaoh, said, because you're getting too numerous and because we scared of y'all, we're going to put you in chains and you're going to work for us for free. Verse 12. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And Lord knows the Israelites, we know we can multiply in times of hardship. It ain't no thing to us. Verse 13. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. I'm going to skip down to verse 22. And because we are still getting multiplied despite our enslavement, the Pharaoh did something else to control our population. Verse 22. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born, ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. So every daughter of the slave, we going to save alive, but every son of the slave, we going to cast into the river. Why are they trying to kill off all the males? Simple. Because males spread genes. Simple as that. If 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 a Israelite man impregnates any woman, regardless of if it's an Israelite or an Egyptian, that baby's going to come out an Israelite. If, if an Egyptian man impregnates an Israelite woman or an Egyptian woman, that baby's going to come out of an Egyptian. Let's just keep it a stack. But we're going to go ahead and go ahead to Exodus chapter 2, show you more proof that the Israelites are not, are, are not African. And there went a man, we're going to read verses 1 through 14, and then we're going to skip and read 22 through 25. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took the wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she, when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's uh, brick. So this this Levi woman, when she saw the child was getting too big for them to hide, because, you know, when babies come out the womb, they're super small. About around three or some months, they get all super big. And all of a sudden. You can't hide them no more. So uh, this lady had no choice. Because remember, that decree from the Pharaoh was still out there that, hey, if a male Israelite child be born, you got to throw him into the Nile River. So, verse 4. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. So now that um, this baby is being uh, put in a basket on the Nile River by the reeds, the baby's sister is out over here watching. Now, remember, these are Levites here. And Levi, uh, according to the previous chapter, is one of the tribes of Israel. So these are people of Israel we're dealing with. And when she had opened it, child, child, and behold, the babe wept. Hold on, hold on. I skipped the verse. Let me go to five. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the uh, ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. So she saw the so Pharaoh's daughter saw the basket with the Levite baby inside of it, and she told one of her servants to go get it. And she went and got it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him, and said, "This is one of the Hebrews' children." So she knew who this baby came from. Then said his sister unto Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? So she went. So so the sister was going to go ahead and propose to Pharaoh's daughter. Hey, I'm going to let's go get his real mother so that way she can nurse the child. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. 
And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thine wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses because I drew him out. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. So Moses got his name from the Pharaoh's daughter after Pharaoh's daughter adopted him into her into her family. And how could she pull this off if the baby wasn't black like her? Because let's face facts. We all we just read that that, you know, the Egyptians were black, right? Mizraim in Greek said in Greek means black. And we all know, you know, the ancient Egyptians were black. I said Asian Egyptians, not modern Egyptians, because the modern Egyptians, they have been overrun by Arabic speaking peoples. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, the ancient Egyptians were black. How could she pull this off if this Levite baby was black as we continue to read? And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens and smite and spied on an Egyptian, smiting the Hebrew, one of his brethren. So he grew up in Pharaoh's daughter's house, probably was, you know, up in Pharaoh's face as a young as a young boy calling him granddaddy and all of that how could pharaoh know that he was a hebrew child child you know if they had the same color simply put he passed for an egyptian because we had the same color as them just not the same dna and it came to pass in those days when moses was grown he went out to his brethren and looked on their burdens and he spied an egyptian smiting a hebrew one of his brethren and considering our people were still in slavery it was okay for an egyptian law for an egyptian to smite the hebrews 12 and he looked this way and that way and he saw there was no man he slew the egyptian and hit him in the sand so he basically made sure he looked both ways to make sure nobody was looking and he took the uh egyptian man and beat him down and killed them and buried him in the sand and when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strode together. And he said to him that did the wrong, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? So they, these two Hebrew men, they was fighting amongst each other. And, for, and verse 14, and he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. Now, when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses. But Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by the well. So since he knows, since these um, Hebrews knows, since these Hebrews know that they were fighting amongst each other, know that Moses killed the man, the Egyptian man and buried him in the sand. Word got back to Pharaoh and Pharaoh wanted to kill him. This Pharaoh wanted to kill him. So he decided to, so Moses decided to flee Egypt. So now that some time has passed, you know, he was about 40 years old when he left. You could read further than that. We're going to skip down to verse 22 to see how long he waited until he turned to Egypt because he eventually will return to Egypt if y'all remember the story. Let's go to verse 22. Let's go. Matter of fact, I'm going to skip down to verse 23. And it came to Pratt. I'm going to skip down to verse 22. And she bare him a son and called his name Gershom, for he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. So Mer Moses eventually ended up getting married and having kids after he left Egypt. 23. And it came the pro and the 
to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage and they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning and remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God had respect unto them. So around the same time that Moses had a kid, you know, the Pharaoh that sought to kill Moses was dead. And, you know, the Lord heard the cries of the children of Israel to come save them from slavery. And, you know, the Lord remembered his covenant that he made with the patriarchs of the children of Israel, which are Abraham, which are Isaac and which are Jacob, a.k.a. Israel. So. My apologies, I forget that uh, I forget that anchor uh, only allows you 30 minutes. But anywho, I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish this before uh, I have to do another one. But anywho, so, you know, you already know the rest of the story. Um, he hardened Pharaoh's heart. You know, glory hardened Pharaoh's heart, made it hard for uh, the uh, children of Israel to leave Egypt. Ten plagues came. First Passover celebration. Y'all can read that on your own. In fact, I might bring it up in a, a future podcast, but not for the, not for this episode. Um, this episode is about proving who the Israelites truly are. And I think I've made it plain so far, but, you know, the scriptures say out of the mouth of two or more witnesses of the fact established. We looked at the case of Moses. Now we're going to take a look at Jesus. But let's take a look at one of the writings and one of the sayings of Moses that predicted Jesus. Let's go ahead and go to uh, Deuteronomy 18. I'm going to read one verse out of here. Go to Deuteronomy 18 real quick. Deuteronomy 18. All right, let's go read. Uh, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm read 17 and 18. These are words of Moses. And the Lord said unto me, they have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. So this is basically predicting that the Lord was going to raise up uh, his only son, Jesus, and his words are going to be put in his mouth and everybody's going to have to listen to him. Because remember, Jesus said, I came not in my own in my own name, but in the name of the father and the will of the father that I do. Right. So, you know, what I'm saying, you know, what I'm saying Moses was the first one to perpetuate this, considering that Moses only knew Jesus face to face. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that was Jesus of the Old Testament because, you know, Jesus said no man has seen the father. Right. Jesus was in the likeness of his father in the Old Testament. You could read First Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 2 for that. But anywho, we're going to predict. We're going to look at some more predictions of the coming of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And remember, a prophet from amongst thy brethren. So this is Moses speaking to the children of Israel, right? So Jesus is going to come through the royal lineage of Israel, right? So let's go to Isaiah chapter 7, 7 and we're going to read verse 14 to further predict how jesus is going to come and then we're going in the further scriptures that we read we're going to solidify it let's go read isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 reads therefore the lord himself shall give you a sign behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name emmanuel so 
this is predicting that, you know, somebody, some lady who's going to be a virgin is going to bring forth the son of God, Jesus, Emmanuel. But in this, he's called Emmanuel. But we're going to confirm that prophecy further as we read. And we're going to confirm another prophecy here. Let's go to Hosea chapter 11. Let's go to Hosea chapter 11 real quick. And then I'm going to go to the New Testament for a second. To confirm prophecy. Because the Old Testament is just as important as the New Testament to no one understand. Because a lot of things written in the old are reflected in the new. That's why they're equally as important. If you read Isaiah chapter 8, verse 20, it says uh, the law and the testimony are, are both valid. And whoever doesn't speak out of either of them, they have no truth. They have no light in them. Let's read, uh, let's read Hosea chapter 11 and verse 1. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. So we already know who Israel is. We already know what the nation of Israel is. Now, Hosea caught a prediction from the Lord. Out of Egypt, I called my son. So who is the son of God? Jesus, right? But we're going to confirm that prophecy for you. We're going to confirm this prophecy for you as we go ahead and go to the New Testament. Let's go to Luke chapter 1 real quick. Let's go to Luke chapter 1 real quick. So we, don't, we, so we know Jesus comes is gonna is predicted here to come from the bloodline of israel right so let's go see let's go take a look at how true that is let's go take a look let's go to book of saint luke chapter one to confirm prophecy here and if i'm jumping around the bible forgive me but this is the only way we're supposed to do it precept upon precept line upon line here a little there a little um, as Isaiah 28, 9 and through 11 would say. I don't know how else to deliver it, but it's easier to understand the scriptures through subject, through titles, sometimes to jumping around. Because if I were to read the Bible all the way through all 66 books, we'd be here all day. And I don't want to take up too much of y'all time. So let's read. Uh, we're going to read Luke 1 verses 26 through 32. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what matter of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Be, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. So the angel of the Lord told him, You're going to conceive and have a son, and his name is Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. Now we're gonna read further who we're gonna read in a in the next place that, that I'm gonna go to in the Bible, which genealogy and which family does David come out of? Now let's uh now let's uh go to 33. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, 
and of his kingdom, there shall be no end. That's a future prophecy that hasn't taken place yet. But that's something else I can talk about. Then Mary said unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Who is Jesus? The Son of God. So so basically, th th this angel Gabriel is telling her, Hey, you're going to get pregnant by the Holy Ghost because you are a virgin. And we just read in Isaiah 7 that a virgin is going to conceive, right? So why are these people saying that Joseph and Mary had to have sex in order to ha have Jesus? This doesn't make any sense. It's because, you know, as we read, continuing further, we know that Mary is still is a virgin and, and virgin is somebody who hasn't slept with anybody. So. So if we are, you know, saying that Mary and Joseph had to have sex in order to have Jesus, we are pretty much doubting God here as Mary began to doubt. Let me let me let me go ahead and go to verse 36. Behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived the son in her old age. For this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. And for for with God, nothing shall be impossible. So. The angel Gabriel just confirmed that with God, all things are possible, even when it comes to God performing the world's first immaculate conception. Ladies and gentlemen, let's let's keep it a stack. Let's just keep it a stack. We are limiting the power of God by saying that Joseph and Mary had to have sex, even though prophecy said that a virgin shall conceive. But don't just listen to me because I didn't write this Bible. Let's listen to the Bible. Now, we're going to run down Jesus' genealogy to further confirm that he comes from Israel and directly comes from the line of David. Let's go ahead and go to Luke chapter 3 real quick. Now, Luke chapter three, as well as Matthew one, contains the genealogy of Jesus. But for the sake of time, I'm gonna I'm just gonna bounce around. I'm just gonna bounce around to be sure, uh, to make sure that I make full proof of what's sent, what's being said in the old prophecies. Let's go to verse twenty three real quick. And Jesus himself began to be about thirty years of age, as was supposed, this being the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli which um, I'm going to skip down to verse 31 because it's a lot of, it's a lot of names in this genealogy. And for the sake of time, I'm going to get right to the point that I'm trying to prove that he comes from the lineage of David, which is still of uh, the bloodlines of Israel. So we just read 23 and it goes back, which was the son of, uh, which was the son of Malaya, which was the son of Menan, which was the son of Matha, Matatha, which was the son of Nathan, which was the son of David, which was the son of Jesse, which was the son of Obed, which was the son of Boaz, which was the son of Salmon, which was the son of Nassan. So we just read that David is in Jesus's genealogy going back about maybe 14, which was the son of's, right? Now, I didn't read all the other names, but you kind of get the idea of who's in Jesus's genealogy. 
because remember the Holy Spirit put Joseph's genes inside of him because he promised that because in the old scriptures in the Old Testament, especially Jeremiah 23 and 5, um, it goes and it says that um, in Jeremiah 23 and 5, it says that, Behold, the days are coming, saith the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness, a king shall raise and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. Who is this king that Jeremiah was talking about? The same king that the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary about. This is Jesus. This is prophecy being fulfilled right here and there. Isaiah 9 says, wonderful counselor who's going to sit upon the throne of David, right? Isaiah 11 and 1 says, a branch shall come out of Jesse. Jeremiah 23 talks about this same branch. Now let's continue to read. Uh, I'm going to skip down. To, uh, let's go continue to read the verse 33. Um, before we do that, um, if you know about Boaz, who is the uh, father of Obed, if you read Ruth, you'll know that, you know, he was also promised um, um, Jesus in his lineage because he comes out of David. Verse 33, which was the son of Amenadab, which was the son of Aram, which was the son of Esram, which was the son of Pharez, which was the son of Judah. Judah is one of the 12 tribes of Israel, as we read in verse 34, which which was the son of Jacob, which was the son of Isaac, which was the son of Abraham, which was the son of Terah, which was the son of Nacor. So now we know, because remember, Jacob and Israel, they're one and the same person. They th These are the patriarchs of the Israelite nation now. So now we know that Jesus comes from the direct family line of Jacob, a.k.a. Israel, as we read. Now we know that. Now we know that. And out of which tribe did Jesus come from? We just read 33 where it said Judah, because Judah is one of the sons of Jacob, one of the 12 tribes of Israel. Let's make it plain. Let's go to verse uh, 36, which was the son of Canaan, which was the son of Arphaxad, which was the son of Sem, a.k.a. Shem, which was the son of Noah, which was the son of Lamech. So now we know that Jesus is from the family of Shem. We know that now. And our fact set is in Jesus' genealogy, the first son of Shem. And Noah is in this genealogy as well. Because remember, after the flood, only three families of the earth were, were, were surviving, Shem, Ham, and Jacob. You don't come out of these three families, you don't exist. Let's keep going which was the son of Methuselah, which was the son of Enoch, which was the son of Jared, which was the son of Malia, which was the son of Canaan, which was the son of Enosh, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. So now we know, now we know Jesus comes directly from the lineage of God, beginning on Adam, through Adam, through Seth, through Enos, you know, through Methuselah, through Lamech, through Noah, through Shem, through Arphaxad, and through everybody else, leading up to Terah, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Judah, to Pharez, to Boaz, to, to Salmon, to Boaz, to Obed, to Obed, to Jesse, to David, and now back all the way through Joseph, all the way to Jesus. So now we get an idea of who he comes. And remember, Jesus comes from the tribe of Judah. And in Genesis 49 and 10, Jacob named Israel at this point, told us that the scepter is not going to depart from Judah. It, 
So he predicted that the kingdom is going to be ruled by somebody through Judah's lineage. And J Jesus comes from the tribe of Judah. So now we got evidence of which family of the earth that Jesus belongs to. Let's go read. Let's go hear from another witness. So let's go read Matthew chapter one real quick. Let's go read Matthew chapter one real quick. You got to know who you are, black man, if you want to save yourself. You got to know who you are and what you are and which family of the earth you come from in order to save yourself. I can't stress to you how important this is. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter one, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was a spouse of Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost as Luke one predicted. And as Isaiah 7 predicted, a virgin shall conceive, right? And she's going to be pregnant by the Holy Ghost, right? Because it said right here, before Joseph and Mary came together, she was already pregnant with the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. And Joseph wasn't stupid. He knew that Mary was pregnant. And he knew that he didn't sleep with her. So naturally, he assumed, hey, I'm going to put her away. She done dud the fool on me. I'm, I'm, but I'm going to do it in private because I'm not I'm not boisterous like that. Verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David. We just read Luke three to prove that he was in David's lineage. Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So it took an angel to come to him in a dream to tell him, look, he's she's pregnant by the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, being a just man, riding out on faith, believed it. And she shall bring forth the son and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and bring forth the son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Who is God that dwelt with us? Jesus, right? Because he came, let go of his God form. Because remember, you can read in, I believe in Galatians, he said, it's, it's said of Jesus that he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, right? But he came down in the flesh. When Jesus came down in the flesh, he had to come through a vessel. Mary is that virginal vessel. You know what I mean? And it said... We shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted God with us. Who's God with us, ladies and gentlemen? Jesus, because Jesus was God before he became flesh. Okay. And remember, Jesus told tells you in a later scripture that if you have seen me, you have seen God the Father, right? So, yeah, we established that fact. Let's go ahead and go ahead and go to chapter two, because this is some more. This is some more proof. Now, we got proof of his lineage. Uh, let's prove his color. Let's prove his color. Let's see if he looks like uh, what everybody says he looks like. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, there came wise men from the east into Jerusalem. Um, I'm reading verses 1 through 8, verses, and then I'm going to skip to verses 13 through 16. I'm going to read 19 through 21. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem 
saying saying where is he that is born king of the jews for we have seen his star in the east and come to worship him now it says wise men it didn't give them number but since there's a plural now here we know it was more than one guy it could have been two it could have been three it could have been three million we don't know but we just know what says wise men learning something on our way to learning something let's go ahead and uh continue and when herod the king had heard these things he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Then thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah, and least among the priests of Judah, out of thee there shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So these wise men knew this Old Testament scripture sayings of the prediction of Jesus' birth. So they were going based off of those. These were priests. There was these were some pretty wise men here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's keep it going, though. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. But here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Herod was one of the craziest kings to ever live. If you look up Herod the Great right now, go to World Book of Encyclopedia and look up Herod the Great, you'll see how crazy and loony this guy was. I mean, this guy killed anybody who he thought was trying to take his throne away from him. This is how loony this guy was. And the Lord already knew this about him. We're going to see proof of this. Verse Let's go skip down to verse 13. And when they were departed, the, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt and bring be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So Herod had no intention of actually worshiping the child. He was interested in murdering the child. Because the Lord knew, the Lord read his heart. You can read in Jeremiah 17, said the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try to reign. The Lord searched Herod's heart. The Lord tried Herod's reigns, right? And he figured out, hey, he's going to kill my son. I'm going to tell Joseph and Mary to go to Egypt to hide him until it is time for him to come back. Verse 14, and when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, out of Egypt, I have called my son. Where did we just read that from? The book of Hosea, chapter 11, verse one. I loved Israel and we it was a child out of Egypt. I will call my son, right? So we just witnessed prophecy being fulfilled in our very eyes looking at this scripture so let me ask you this if jesus was white like everybody wants to tell us he is why is it that he was able to hide so easily in egypt let's read let's go read and there was there unto the death of herod so that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the lord by the prophet saying out of egypt i have called my son and then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked at a wise man, was exceeding wroth and set forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the carts thereof from two years old and other under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise man. So Herod went and made a royal decree saying that any child that was two years old and under, go ahead and kill them that are in Bethlehem. Go and kill them. Because remember, 
the wise man told him that he was going to be in Bethlehem, right? So out of desperation, he wanted to find this uh, Jesus that was born king of the Jews, right? So he wanted to find him. And since the wise man did not uh, return back to Herod, because if you read earlier in the same scripture, the Lord told the wise man in a dream, go back to your own country. They're coming to kill my, my son. Don't tell Herod where my son is because he's going to come and kill him. So Herod being out of us would be like, screw it. We're going to kill every child until that kid is found. But the Lord knew this. And that's why he told Joseph, go, go to go to go to Egypt and hide him. Go to Egypt and hide, hide away there. Now, if Herod was smart enough, you know, what I'm saying he would he would send soldiers to search the land. Right. What if he would have so searched for uh, sent soldiers to search for Jesus in Egypt? He would have stuck out like a sore thumb. Right. But if Jesus wasn't black. He would have stuck out with a sore, sore thumb, right? But since Jesus was black, it's easier for him to hide under the Egyptians. It's easier for him. Because if he was white, what does he look like hiding amongst the Egyptians from Herod and his army? Herod and his army soldiers would have caught him and killed him right there if he wasn't if he was white. So Jesus had to be black. Furthermore, I just broke down to you the genealogy. <laughs> since we know the 12 tribes of Israel and the Israelites are black. And Judah and, and Jesus comes from the tribe of Judah, who was a brother of Levi, who was also black, which is the tribe Moses comes out of, who was proven to also be black. It's only right that we assume Jesus is black, too. Right. How is he able to hide amongst the Egyptians if he isn't black, too? How is Moses able to hide amongst Pharaoh's face as his as his grandson through his daughter if he wasn't black, too? Let's make it make sense, y'all. Verse 19. But when Herod, Herod was dead. An angel of the Lord appeared in a dream of Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's right and he, life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. So it's like that. It's like that. I've proved to you both through the cases of Moses and Jesus who the Israelites are. I've proved to you. In fact, they're very similar because there were people that sought to kill these children, these people, when they were children, Pharaoh wanted Moses dead when he killed an Egyptian and buried him in the sand. Right. Herod want Jesus dead because he felt like he was a threat to his throne, his rulership, his throne. Right. So the Lord had these two waited, these two cases wait out until whoever wanted them dead was dead. So now to read further, um, this is going to be the last scripture I'm going to read and then I'm going to uh, uh, tune out. I'm going to tune out and uh, break down to you. Um, do with these uh, scriptures as you as you wish, you know, read them, understand them and you will get to know your history because, you know, Chronicles of Judah said this Bible is a book of history. I just read some of it to y'all. This Bible is not only just a way to get salvation, but this is also where the true black man's history in plain sight. The best way to hide something from a black man is to put it in a book because they know we don't read. In fact, they told us in slavery, don't don't read. You know what I'm saying? Don't read. Anywho, I'm going to read Jeremiah 14 verses one and two. And then I'm going to close out the show because I'm coming in on an hour and I don't want to take up too much of y'all time. Jeremiah 14 verses one and two. And the word of the Lord came that came unto Jeremiah concerning the dearth. Judah, 12 tribes, Judah mourneth. And the gates thereof languish. They are black unto the ground, and the cry of Jerusalem is gone up. 
So we just got more proof that Jesus and David and them was black, right? It just said that Judah is black unto the ground, right? Let's just keep it a stack. Let's just keep it a stack. With that, um, do with this information, black man, black woman, so-called Negro, so-called Afro-American, Afro-Latin, whatever you are, wherever you are in the four corners of the earth, I suggest that wherever you're listening at, I hope this message opens your eyes on who you truly are. Now that you know your history, now that you know that you look in the Bible and look at your history, now that you know which name is was given to you by God, which is Israel, now that you know who you truly come from, join me in a future episode where I will break down because of um, what you're supposed to do now that you are a child of Israel. Come back. I will show you further proof that you are the children of Israel and what you're supposed to do as a child of Israel. With that, I thank you all for tuning in. Um, I plan to commit um, half of the podcast to prophecies out of the Bible. And, you know, uh, and I plan to cover other topics as well with this podcast, because, you know, this is just a common man bringing you truth in any way, shape or form, regardless if I use the Bible or not. But one thing you will not do, I will not do, and anyone else will do on this podcast, and is call the Lord Himself a liar, because all Scripture is given by inspiration of the Lord, and all of it is given through reproof of doctrine. You could read that in Second Timothy three sixteen. With that, um, thank you all for tuning in. I hope you guys like, share, and post to make sure this message gets out to wherever it needs to get out to. Um, I'm running out of time. I only got one minute. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel and all that good stuff. And with that, thank you for tuning into another episode of Another Level of Consciousness. This is episode has been episode one of Save Yourself Black Man series. Do you know who you really are? And I thank you for your time.